The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I am your host, Galen McDowell, and I am the Senior Assistant Minister and Executive Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. I'm in the midst of a series on the secret of metaphysical Bible study, and I wanted to make sure that I give you an opportunity to listen to some of the best metaphysical Bible teachers around that I know, and I wanted to make sure that I gave you the opportunity today to listen and hear the wisdom from one of my uh, ministerial comrades or sisters, the Reverend Fanny McCullough. Hello, Reverend McCullough. How are you doing? Great. What about you, Galen? I'm doing well, doing well. You know, um, first of all, thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate, um, you know, you taking the time out from your exceptionally busy schedule to uh, to take time to share with the listeners um, the, you know, your wisdom and experience from teaching uh, new thought metaphysics for, you know, years, uh, decades. So before we get into some of the questions, because today we're going to talk about the, you know, the metaphysical interpretation of Adam and Eve and that Garden of Eden story and what all of that means. Uh, before we go there, could you give people a little bit of your background? How did you end up being a minister at Christ Universal Temple being ordained by the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman? Well, first I had an invitation uh, from uh, someone I was dating and the first thing that his sisters wanted to do was to invite me to church. And I go, church? I didn't tell them that. I said, church? I go to church every Sunday. But I said, okay, I'll be there. So they told me to come to 8601 South State Street. And when the lady came out, I was not used to a female minister. And when she came out and began to teach, and it seems like as soon as I sat down, it was time to go. And I was inside, I was saying, oh, I'm not ready to go yet. So I had to come back the next Sunday. And I came back and back, and I never left. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So when you, we we were a part of the same ministerial class, uh, but you were teaching in the Johnny Coleman Institute as a teacher when I came to the church. So what was the process of the pull that actually got you, you know, to to say yes to being a teacher, a licensed teacher, and then an ordained minister? Well, trust me, it was not my intent. Uh, Just as coming to the services, it was so great. And then I started taking classes. Didn't know they had classes until she announced it. And I went to one class, and I was even more turned on. And I found myself taking three classes a week in order to to just eat. I was just eating everything I could could find with these classes. So, and then I looked up and someone said, oh, you know you finished. I said, finish what? They said, you have finished the curriculum, and what do you want to do? And I said, oh, I didn't know what to do. So I had a little counseling from Reverend Helen Carey and some others and found out that I could go further. 
So then I went into well, the teaching, and then I went into uh, the ministerial because the classes were still so fantastic, and it opened my mind so much, and things were great were happening to me going on in my life. So that that's basically how I got started, and, and I'm still learning and still studying. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So I want to get to it because I want to make sure that people have opportunity to get, you know, what they need to get out of this show and have an opportunity to hear from your, um, you know, wisdom and experience. So um, from your standpoint, what is metaphysical Bible interpretation and how is it unique to new thought? Metaphysical Bible interpretation, um, uh, it's... it's um, it takes the, the Bible stories and events beyond their literal interpretation by proving or providing more esoteric, more inner meaning. And we use metaphorical language and objects and symbols that were there all the time. And I didn't know uh, what to do with them. And then by taking the classes and studying and still studying, you know what these symbols mean. They mean much more than what literally is there. So you no longer want to just do things literally, although you do need the literal in order to understand the story. And all of it's still good because it's a great roadmap for spirituality anyway. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, and why is metaphysical Bible interpretation important? It's important because it affords a, a student or an individual to unlock some areas within them uh, that have not been touched before. I'll say it like that. It's because when, uh, and I look at metaphysical interpretation as, for me, a higher level. And when I'm teaching students, they seem to feel like it's a higher level also. And when they get the aha moments when they uh, something opens up in them, sometimes they actually cry. So it's important. Uh, metaphysical interpretation is very, very important. And there's a community of new thoughters, and I find that that community is widening uh, bigger and bigger. And the language is pretty common among uh, the, the new thoughters. So... Um, it's important, Eric. Yeah, you know, you know, you know. Just a side note. This isn't a question. I just want to just add something. As I've been, um, you know, as you know, traveling around doing speaking in different places, one of the things that I've been noticing a lot is there are a lot of people in the New Thought movement now who don't know metaphysical Bible interpretation. Um, actually, I've had people stop and say, "Hey." How can I learn this? Where do I learn this? Because um, it's not a part of, a, it's, or it's, let me ask, say it's not a part of the curriculum that they're learning, but say, at, at, you know, we were lay people sitting in the pews and, you know, week after week, Johnny Coleman was giving in-depth metaphysical Bible interpretation. So we were used to it, not let alone getting it in class. But there are people now who are ministers teach, and practitioners who uh, are saying to me, you know, will you teach me metaphysical Bible interpretation? And in my mind, I'm like, I'm saying stuff that like everybody that I ever went to class with would know. 
but it's not common knowledge. So it's rather it's rather interesting that that information is not necessarily um, uh, out there like it used to be um, in many of the circles. And I'm talking about across denominational lines of new thought. It's not out there like it used to be. It's it's quite interesting. But um, you know um, you know I, if you want to jump in on that, that's great. If not, I you know obviously I got a a, a bunch of questions I want to ask you. I don't know if you've bumped into that as well, but it's something that I've noticed. Well, um, that's interesting because uh, when you're in it, you assume or feel like everybody's in it, and that's good to know that uh, there's still more uh, for us to do. So. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it, it, it's it's really interesting to say the least. Um, so, you know, just to kind of get back to our conversation, and I do want also want to let listeners know if you want to call in and ask Reverend McCullough a question, you can call in at eight one six two five one three five five five, eight one six two five one three five five five, and um, you can you know come on the show and ask your questions or make a comment. We would love to hear from you because sometimes your question is the question that will help somebody in another continent. You just never know. So, um, Reverend McCullough, um, just kind of doing a drill down, you mentioned this earlier, but uh, why are names, uh, places, and numbers so important in metaphysical interpretation? Because they're keys. They're keys uh, that have hidden meaning found in proper names. Uh, hidden meaning in, in certain key words and certain key numbers. All of those are factors because those are all the way throughout the Bible. And uh, when we just read the story of Moses, and we say he was uh, uh, 40 years in the wilderness, and you know we looked at it as oh he was out there 40 years, but that's not necessarily uh, that he was actually out there 40 years. It could have been four years. But it's a number that represents a period of completion, a period. And it could have been 10 years, it could have been 15 years. But among this community of new thoughters, we understand because we study a lot of the same material, and those numbers mean a lot. Uh, 12 disciples, uh, 12 spiritual faculties, um, working cycle number six. Seven also is completion. So those are key words, and when you uh, teach them and people understand them, then they understand Scripture a whole lot better. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Um, you know, I, I, I can be honest. I can remember being in class when I first heard about the 40, the 40 number, and I was in class with, uh, I'm going to give you a throwback name, Rosalie Jackson. And, you know, and uh, so Rosalie was my Bible teacher when I was in the Better Living Master Certificate Program in, in the Johnny Coleman Institute. And uh, she started, we're, we're in Bible One at the time. It was four Bible classes, not six as it is now. So we're going through the hidden mystery of the Bible material. And she starts talking about, you know, you know, 40 and showing out how many times this number shows up over and over again. I can just remember looking at it like, wow, this is insightful. And it, it was like a new world was opened up to me. It was yeah. it was amazing. And um, I don't know if I ever told you, but she's the reason why I became a teacher. 
Oh, she, okay. Yeah, yeah. She she was the one that prompted me to become a teacher. I was taking uh, her class, her Bible two class, and she pulled me to the front of the class and and uh, and whispered in my ear that you like you know these classes are too easy for you. You need to be an intensive and like you, not knowing anything. Right. I'm just taking classes because Johnny Coleman said take classes. I didn't even know what it was. I was like, well, what, what's intensive? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. We find out that that yeah. name seems in the Bible. Uh, they yeah. mean the nature of the person yeah. or that you're talking about. Every proper name in Hebrew reveals a state of consciousness. And as the consciousness changes, sometimes the name changes. You know? Yeah. And I, I want, one other thing revealed is, is the invisible quality or a description of it. You know? All battles are between divine faculties and the human materialistic concepts of man. So I didn't know all of that, you know. And when I learned it, the Bible came alive, even more alive to me. And uh, some things are still coming alive. They, uh, in the name of Jesus Christ, means in the nature of the Christ in man. When you see your name starting with J-A, J-E, J-O, they denote that God's presence to some degree. Uh, Joshua, and then when you see names with A-H, that means the breath of God. Elijah, Judah, Ah, you hear it? And so there's just so much to, to open up and be revealed, and I'm just having a great time. Beautiful, beautiful. Reverend McCullough, we have a caller online. Uh, we have a Donald that's called in. Um, can we put him in, Donald? Donald, are you there? Yes, sir. How you doing, Reverend? Hey there. Oh, it's Donald. It's Donald from church, uh, Reverend McCullough. Uh, Reverend, no. hello. How are you doing today? Uh, and I'm, I appreciate you allowing me to ask uh, a question to you today. Um, uh, in your study of the Bible, is it one, maybe two scriptures that really have had an impact and maybe still has an impact on you daily? Uh, have you found one or two favorite things that uh, scriptures throughout your study that helps and strengthens you day by day? I can answer one scripture that I do on a daily, daily basis, not just one time, but all day. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Because now I know that Christ is within me, not outside of me, but he's within me. It is within me. And I can do anything, even when it seems like I can't do it, I find that if I pray about it, meditate on it, I can do it. Does that answer your question? Yes, and that's one of my favorites also. And uh, so I thank you so much for all that you allow God to use uh, through you, and uh, God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for calling in, Donald. Much appreciated. So, um, Reverend McCullough, I didn't know if you had finished finished your thought fully on the um, names, places, and numbers. Would any, was there anything else you wanted to add to that before we move on to the next question? The only thing I would say is that even the genealogies, uh, the begats, are unfoldment of ideas also. And places are, are, are levels of consciousness. I just wanted to throw that in, that these places and locations, they all mean something. Yes, it requires a little bit more study, but the more you study, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit just begins to pour it in. 
you know, it's, it's just like it whispers in your ear. And when you see something or need something to be revealed, it just opens it up. So the more we put in, the more we receive. Thank you. Beautiful, beautiful. So, because obviously we are, you know, want to talk about the Garden of Eden stuff, but I wanted to kind of give a, some context before we actually go to these Adam and Eve questions. So, thank you for allowing us to have some context. So, um, what does the Garden of Eden represent metaphysically? The Garden of Eden, uh, it symbolizes the spiritual body in which man. I have to say woman, and when I use the term man, I'm saying mankind, but I want to say woman dwells when we bring forth his thought after the original design idea. This garden is the substance of God or state of perfect relation of ideas to being with a capital B, meaning God. Relation to be. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful. You know, because, I, you know, when I was growing up, obviously, you know, I was taught, you know, by gr my grandmother and folks in the family. And, you know, when I went to church, um, that, the, you know, the Garden of Eden was literal, that it was a real place that existed in a real time. And, you know, you don't, you don't question it. You don't ask questions. And, <laughs> and, uh, you know, you know, and, and, you know, that was an interesting conversation. So yet again, you know, when I, when I realized that you can drill down deeper, uh, beyond, um, literal interpretations of, of a, of a scripture and say, okay, what can I get out of this for me and how it relates to me? It opened up a new world. And the garden of Eden was one of those stories that really opened up a new world for me. Yeah. Because you found out that it was a, a pleasant, harmonious, productive state of consciousness. It was consciousness yeah. in which are all possibilities of growth. Not just this little place that we hang out in, have a picnic in with a, with a blanket on the grass. It was much more than that. And when you all introduced the word consciousness, I say, what is Johnny talking about consciousness? But I tell you, I use that word all the time because I realize it's what I am. It's exactly what I am. So. <laughs> it's funny. I didn't know that you said thought that too because when I first came here, I was like, why is she always using this big old word? Because consciousness is not wasn't a word that I was used to hearing in church circles. And she would say it all the time. Consciousness is what I am. You know, consciousness is what I am. <laughs> you know, life is consciousness. Consciousness is consciousness. It's in your consciousness. And I was like, okay, I got to get a handle on this word called consciousness because if I don't get a handle on it, I really don't know what I'm hearing. You I was know. in the same boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, she would, and, you know, and nobody could say, I would say two people, nobody could say consciousness like, uh, Johnny Coleman and Mary Tumpkin. Eric. Uh, <laughs> right. So they would, they were, consciousness, they, Mary Tumpkin, they were, consciousness. They were, yeah, they were feeding us. They yes. They were feeding us good food, and they were drilling it into us because I did not come in to get to this level. I came in for, I thought, self-development, you know, and and the more I, I they drilled and the more they pulled, uh, it just 
you know, you, you know, consciousness is what we are, and we don't know what we are drawn to from what goes into our subconscious that we accept. So apparently I was accepting a whole lot of stuff because I ended up being not only a teacher, a counselor, I went for the ministerial program too, and, and I'm very happy about it. So we were in the right place, Reverend. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, no place like CUT. Uh, I'll say that every day of my life. Nope, there's no place like CUT. And the best decision I've ever made was to take a JCI class, a class in the Johnny Coleman Institute, without a doubt. Um, I couldn't imagine my life without those decisions. So, um, so kind of drilling down now um, on Adam. Uh, in the Garden of Eden story, what does Adam represent metaphysically? He, he represents manifest man at the end. But, of course, when he first started out, when, when Jehovah uh, got a hold of him, let me just go from up just a little bit. Um, he re- Adam represents manifest man, and he was first created by Elohim God. You remember that? Who ideated him. And when I used that word in, in class the first time, they said, what? I said, he ideated him. That means that it was an idea in the mind of God. He ideated him or, or created him. And at this step, Adam is a perfect man. And we could say uh, Susie was a perfect woman, however you want to use it. But we're using Adam right now. So Adam was a perfect man. Anything that Elohim God, divine mind, creates is perfect. Elohim God creates the spiritual universe and spiritual man. Then Jehovah God, Jehovah God executes or he carries out what Elohim God has ideated or created. And the Hebrew name Jehovah means I am. So we identify Jehovah as the I am, the spiritual man, the image likeness of Elohim God. But Jehovah, spiritual man, must be made manifest, so he forms a man called Adam. So when he forms this man called Adam, and then and then Adam become the example for man. He's an archetype. He's an original pattern or a mold from which all things of the same kind are copied or on which they are based. And that's at one point what Adam represented. Okay? So you want to jump in? No. Well, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I first of all, <laughs> It, 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 as you're teaching this, it brought me back to um, uh, the term Elohim, because I could honestly say before I came to CUT, and I've been around church my whole life. My grandmother was in the, uh, my maternal grandmother was actually an evangelist. She had prayer meetings in the house. I actually tried to start a church. I had never heard that term before. And the head off. And, 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 and I, you know, and then when I started doing the research and I just found out that and I'm reading in the Bible, in the beginning, God is in the beginning, Elohim. I'm like, wait a minute. 
How do well, why, why isn't this being taught to people? Like the different names of God represent different a- aspects or ways of or viewpoints. So when I'm looking at Elohim, I'm looking at God as creator. And I, and yeah. when I'm and then when I get to the other part, I'm talking about God in me. It's, yeah. it's it was like a, it was like again a, a new world was born to me, and um you know I was I was amazed at the teaching of, of this church when I first came here, and I'm still amazed by it. Let me just say that because it just keeps unfolding itself. Um, so you know when, when we what I just heard, and this is just what just came to me, and it was so insightful because I'm gonna make sure I'm saying it out loud, so when I listen to it later, I can I can use it that. Mm-hmm. God has already equipped us with everything. That story, what just what you just said, says the whole show. God has already equipped us with everything. From the beginning. From the from beginning. The beginning. Yes, it goes back to Jesus. Most people say Jesus is God or Jesus Christ when he's in the manger. But Jesus is not the Christ in the manger. And this is what, what, what I have uh, 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 learned. He's not the Christ, yet the Christ is in him. It's in all of us. Right. Jesus has to grow. This is really Mary's experience. This is her experience of bringing this song into uh, manifestation, you know, for to, to, to become uh, a savior in the sense of providing a different consciousness for us that we can all reach and to be told that God is, is, is with us. We have it. We already have it. So uh, that's the, uh, it, it just goes all the way through the Bible. It's a constant. Yeah, absolutely. Excuse me just for one moment because we got to go to commercial in like 25 seconds. So I don't want to cut your thought. I want to allow you to pick it up from where you left off. Because uh, I don't want none of the listeners to miss anything. So, um, okay. um, looking at the clock, you all, it's we're almost time for our break. So I want to remind you, if you want to call in and ask Reverend Fannie McCullough a question, you can call in eight one six two five one three five 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 eight one six two five one three five five five, and uh, you know we want to make sure that you get every bit of nugget that you can get out of this show. So stay in tune. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome, welcome back to Truth Transforms. Before we get back to our guest, I want to just uh, cover a few quick things. One, uh, this show, along with all the shows on Unity Online Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you freely receive, freely give. My request is that you go on to Unity Online, um, UnityOnlineRadio.org, and 
click on the donate button and help support this online ministry. Unity Online Radio shows go all over the world. And there are places in the world that don't have, where people don't have access to this type of teaching. So this is the only place where, I ain't going to say the only, but one of the few places where they can get a pure New Thought message. Uh, not just from my show, but from the different shows that are on Unity Online Radio. It's really important that you support this online ministry. Also, this show has a Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. My request is that you like the page, uh, share the content, uh, give it a five-star rating, write a positive review, and also do the same on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play. So in other words, you can download this podcast and other podcasts from Unity Online Radio, but you can literally go on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify, type in Truth Transforms, Galen McDowell, and it'll pop up and you'll have access to seven plus years of archived information on different subjects and different interviews of, of people in the New Thought world uh, self-empowerment world, uh, self-help world, along with, you know, just subjects, books being taught, lessons in truth and discover the power and all different type of material that we teach uh, in the New Thought Movement. Also, I want to remind you that the Christ Universal Temple live stream is from 1030 a.m. until noon central time. So make sure you take advantage of the opportunity to become a, a member of our quote-unquote digital church and join in listen to the sermons get blessed by the music become a part of our community digitally so you have an opportunity to, to join and connect with us all the time also just as a reminder uh our senior minister the reverend dr Derek b wells has a it has a facebook live program on wednesday nights at 7 p.m central time called Temple Talks. All you got to do is put Rev Derek Wells into your search engine on Facebook and it'll pull it up. Temple Talks, 7 p.m. Central Time on Facebook. So I think I've covered all of the commercial stuff. So um, make sure that you tune in and stay plugged in. So um, our guest today is the Reverend Fanny McCulloch, Christ Universal Temple staff minister ordained and licensed teacher for the Universal Foundation for Better Living, facilitator in the Johnny Coleman Institute, uh, and she's teaching us today about the metaphysical interpretation of Adam and Eve. So, Reverend McCullough, um, can you um, explain what Eve represents metaphysically? I want to ask a question. Sure. Can we just go, go back a step just for the garden, just for... Uh, oh, yeah, the Adam and... Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, I forgot that it was a question I wanted to ask you. Um, what does it mean for Adam to name everything? For Adam to name it, that's why I want to go just a little bit back to the garden, just for a second. Okay. The, the garden of Eden symbolizes the omnipresent, unseen realm, talking about metaphysics, out of which comes the visible universe. And the human body with its physical, psychical, and spiritual attributes comprises a miniature garden of Eden. And when man develops spiritual insight 
and in thought, word, and act voluntarily operates in accord with the divine law, then rulership, authority, and dominion become his in both mind and body. The kingdom of God is within you. So that means that when we are in the garden and if we're addressing it because we're in the, in, the, in the phase of perfection, Remember, Jehovah has put us there. We're, we're, we're in perfection. So we have the opportunity to dress it, to take care of it. As long as we're doing that, and what we're really doing is taking care of our consciousness. We're making sure that we're doing right thinking, right feeling, right work, action, right words. And when we do that, then we can remain in the garden. Okay? Beautiful. And, Beautiful. Okay. And 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 but man uh, must have avenues through which to express himself. These avenues are the help meet, not mate, help meet, designed by Jehovah God. Man represents wisdom, and it is not good for wisdom to act alone. It must be joined with love if harmony is to be brought forth. Both the soul and the body are helped meet. The soul and the body are helped meet to man's spirit. Avenues through which he expresses the ideas of mind. Okay? It is on the soul or substance side of consciousness that ideas are identified that is named. N-A-M-E-D. Whatever we recognize a thing to be that it becomes to us because of the naming power vested in man's wisdom. Every beast of the field and the cattle represent ideas of strength, power, vitality, and life. And these ideas must be recognized by the I am before they can be formed. Okay? The birds of the heavens represents three thoughts and the interchange between the subconscious and the conscious activities of mind. Man has power to name all ideas that are presented to his conscious mind, whether they come from within or without. So if Johnny Coleman would say good, bad, or indifferent, Whatever we name a thing or a person or a place to be, that's what it becomes in our life, our world, and our affairs. Okay? Beautiful. Yes, yes. We have another caller, Reverend McCullough. Um, actually, we have um, uh, the Reverend Sherry James uh, has called in. Uh, can we? Are you there, Reverend Sherry? I am. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I Yes, I'm happy to hear you both on the line, and this is a really powerful conversation. Uh, this question is for me, but I think it feels like it's also something that other people deal with. I understand that we have naming power, but sometimes I've named something for so long that it's hard to separate the name from it. And what I mean by that is I'm thinking about things like race or um gender, uh, you know, what it's okay for men to do, what it's okay for women to do, what place in society 
where I'm allowed to occupy or not occupy. And sometimes those names are so woven into the fabric of how I understand the world that, you know, I get when I don't have an emotional attachment to the naming, I can change the name. But when it's something that's part of the fabric of how I think about the world, that's where I run into challenges. Well, and what do and what do I do? <laughs> a Reverend Sherry, you do what you teach. You're going to have to work principles. You're going to have to go back to yourself as a threefold being. And you know, your spirit, soul, and body. Is, is that what we teach, Reverend Jalen? Absolutely. Okay. So we have to go back to that that format that we are sons and daughters of God, the spirit. And we have the soul, which is the entire mind. And in that entire mind, we have the, what, the superconscious, the conscious where we do our thinking, the subconscious where the feeling is. And we go back and the things that we think, if we draw them from spirit, we know, again, we're talking about Adam. When Adam came from Elohim, it was perfect. So as long as we are drawing these ideas and these changes from spirit, we know that they have got to be perfect. But what happens is when we're doing our thinking in the thinking phase of our mind, sometimes we reason, we choose, we examine, we judge, we image, we reject, accept, conclude. But if whatever you whatever you choose in your thinking in the conscious phase of your mind, whether it's from the outside, the race consciousness, or from spirit, it drops over where? In the subconscious phase of your mind. So if you want to change something, change your thought process, you've got to, in your conscious phase, you got to stop putting some, some, some new stuff in there. And that's that new thought. You've got to put a new thought in there. And as you put that new thought in there, it drops over into that subconscious, into the feeling nature of you, and that's where memory is, and, and then it, it experiences it, okay, your beliefs, because we can change those beliefs. And as they go in there, they play themselves out through the body in the, our life, our world, and our affairs, okay? Principle, as Johnny Coleman would say, principle is just principle, whether you use it for good or bad. And she always used that, that electrical socket. If you use electrical socket, it can give you energy. And if you wet, use it wet, it's going to kill you. So which one do you choose? It's all up to us. I hope that helps. Yes, 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 it does. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank well, you well, thank, well, thank you for calling in, Reverend Sherry. Much appreciated. I know you're doing great work out there in uh, Los Angeles, California, at Up Church. You know, you know, understanding principles for better living church out in California. So, you know, thank you, and you know, for people who are listening, uh, Reverend Sherry will be on uh, either later this month uh, or next month, rather. Excuse me. Uh, we're going to be mm -hmm. talking about the Bible and the Law of Attraction. So, we'll be looking forward to that as well. Thanks for calling in, Reverend Sherry. All right. Thank you. All right. Take care. God bless. All right. So, um, Rev Reverend McCullough, as we, you know, um, drill down, you had mentioned it earlier about the naming power. 
uh, and you mentioned it briefly, but could you drill down a little bit more on what does Eve represent metaphysically? Eve represents the feeling nature. You can say she's the feeling, and Adam also represents the thinking, the wisdom. So she means, uh, her, her name means elemental life, living. She represents the soul region of man and is the mother principle of God in expression through which life is evolved. The I am wisdom puts feeling into what it thinks. And so Eve, feeling, becomes the mother of all living, back of the feeling of the pure life essence of God. Adam Eve symbolizes the I am individualized in life and substance. They are primal elemental forces of being, capital B itself. Um, but so long. When they said Adam and Eve, and I think it has to do with when we open our Bibles and um, we see Adam, you see this man and this woman, and they're in the garden, uh, or either they're leaving the garden after they've uh, been dismissed. And when you see them, I've seen a new picture where they actually have a fur coat on Eve, and they actually are a nice fur coat. So that implies that uh, it's okay to leave. But what it is, is I realize it's not about a man and a woman. It's not about two people. We're talking about one individual. We're talking about Adam, keeping Adam's consciousness together. And uh, we learned that thinking and feeling have to work together. So Eve is this thinking part of Adam or the thinking phase of us that kind of punches us to, to think the right thought. But she is subjective to, um, to, to Adam because he's the object. So she tries to keep him straight or that, that feeling nature of him that tries to keep him on track. And sometimes it just doesn't happen. But Eve is there to direct the feeling, the love, the life into whatever Adam is thinking. But Adam has to stay on track, and that's what she's for. And the more that he stays on track, the stronger that feeling nature becomes named Eve. Okay? Uh, I, I know I'm long-winded. Did I take too long? No, 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 no. I, no, I, because... Th- because where you're going is setting up my next question about the fall of man. So finish the Eve because I want to make sure I get this fall of man uh, metaphysically interpreted question in. Well, it's, it's just to say that it, we're not talking about, from a metaphysical standpoint, we're not talking about two individuals. Although that the pictures that we see, they're always two individuals. We're talking about, again, the word consciousness. We're talking about about ourselves, that we all have this ease of this, uh, uh, this feeling nature. And the feeling nature, because it tells us it, that when we're right and it tells us when we're wrong. But it, we, sometimes we don't listen to it because, uh, like in the garden, when the sensual uh, uh, serpent came along, which was a thought, it was just a thought that, you know, you, you, you can eat that fruit. Uh, you, 
you know, God just wants us to be uh, here. He doesn't want you to be as smart as he is, okay? But there was always a choice that I don't have to listen to the sensuous, creepy, crawling thoughts that flow through all the time. And the more I don't listen to them, the stronger I become. In fact, the stronger I become, the less they will come. So uh, I hope that helps. Yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it. So, you know, um, because, you know, we don't have a lot of time left. We have about eight minutes before we have to wrap up a little less than nine. When when it's all said and done, as far as the Garden of Eden story is concerned and, you know, the, the fall of man and things of that nature, what do we, you know, when it's all said and done, what do we really learn about ourselves from this allegory? Well... What we really learned, what I really learned, is that L-O-M God, the master, has implanted within each one of us everything that we need to do whatever it is that we need to do. But it is that sensuousness, that humanness, that keeps us from reaching our goals and, and from going higher. But there's always the possibility is always there because the Christ is always there within us. And that's one thing about new thought. When I learned that I didn't have to run away from God, that God was within me, and I take God everywhere I go, whether I use it or not, it's there. And I can't, is that my second call? And I can always begin again. I can know no matter if I fall from listening to or dealing with sensuality, I can always begin again and start all over. And that's the, that's the word of Genesis, book of beginnings. You know, I can always begin again. So. But, but you know what? I, you know, that's the beauty of it. We can always begin again. I think that that is insightful because, you know, anybody has lived – on this plane of existence we call earth uh, <laughs> and the three-dimensional universe we know that sometimes we have breakdowns sometimes we have hiccups sometimes we make mistakes um sometimes you know consciously we make them sometimes unconsciously but we always have the ability because of what's inside of us was really our true nature as the i am or the christ that allows us to to have the ability to make a comeback you know it's, it's everybody has setbacks and i think that this story gives us a great opportunity especially the way you just explained it to allow ourselves to avail ourselves to the possibility that we can come back from anything and i know that you know that not for you but maybe for some of our listeners uh what they're going through or what they've been through might seem as though that how do you come back from this? Well, um, it has to start, as you've been saying all, all this whole time, it has to start in your own consciousness. The comeback begins with your own thinking and feeling. You know, uh, so that, that, that really resonated with me, that, you know, there's a power within us. Even when we mess up, even when we go awry, even when we don't want to listen to spirit, even when we want to do our own thing, even when we get caught up in our own ego, 
when we stop and we surrender and we say, not my will, your will be done and really mean it and allow the divine guidance to guide us and lead us, we can be guided in the right action. You know, that's, that's, um, that's right. And that was the message of John the Baptist. You yeah. have to be redeemed. You have to, you have to change. And, and as you have classes for meditation, you have classes for Bible, you have classes for self-development, people, you're welcome. Everybody's welcome to come and take these classes. We'd love to have you so that the world can become a better place whether it be your world in your house, your job, or wherever, the world will be a better place by sending out more positive vibration. So, thank you. Yes, yes. So, you know, I know that you are very well versed in your reading and your studying. You always have been. Uh, but which authors do you follow for insight on how to interpret the Bible? My favorite is Charles Fillmore, uh, Mysteries of the Bible, Revealing Word, Metaphysical Bible Dictionary, and Unity School of Christianity, their booklets, Rocco Errico, Universal Foundation for Better Living. Mary Tompkins has some great works with the Bible. Also, Reverend Dr. Ch- Johnny Coleman, Strong's Concordance, Study Bible, Jack and Corrine uh, Addington, H. Emily Cady, Lessons in Truth. Dr. Herbert J. Hunt. That was what we did when we were going through the teaching of uh, studies from for teaching. Dean, yeah. he, was, he was dean of Bible studies at Union School of Christianity and yeah. study of the. So those are some of the books I use. Okay, I use those because they're consistent. And what I find is that new thoughters are so familiar with that until we can all talk about it together. Right, right, because it, it's it's some uniformity to those uh, people that you just mentioned, uh, consistency and uniformity that allows us to be able to communicate across uh, ideas. And, you know, um, I mentioned last week, you know, um, I had a, a unity minister on, and he mentioned some of the same people that you just mentioned, you know, Phil Moore's and the Katie's, et cetera. And, um, you know, and I just, you know, I mentioned a few other people that I listened to. Uh, but for, you know, but I always tell people, you know, like you, my baseline is Fillmore. You know, metaphysical Bible and uh, dictionary, the revealing word. That's my baseline, and and I build out from there. You know, um, you know, because I do think it does make a difference to be able to have some fundamentals that allow you to play with Neville, and allows you to play with Goldsmith, and allows you to play with Emmy Fox, because your fundamentals are strong. You know, so, um, you know, we got about two and a half minutes left, Reverend McCullough. So I want to, first of all, uh, just thank you so much for coming on the show. I know that people will be blessed by the wisdom that you shared with us today. So, you know, I, I want to, again, thank you so much for saying yes to being on the show. I want to uh, thank you for, for allowing me to be a part of a wonderful experience. Thank you for allowing me. Yeah. My is to be drawn to you in your name. Beautiful, beautiful. And and you know, um, I do want to let people know if you know, um, you you know, you if you want to get in contact with Reverend McCullough, or even better yet, bring her in 
to speak and pay her, uh, contact Christ Universal Temple. You can call the church, uh, 773-568-2282, 773-568-2282. You can go to our website at um, uh, www.cutemple.org, and it's a Contact Us page. They'll make sure that they give Reverend McCullough the information because here's the thing, you know, and I and I don't say this to toot uh, our own horns in arrogance, but I do believe that we have some of the best metaphysical Bible teachers on the planet at Christ Universal Temple and in the Johnny Coleman Institute. I believe it firmly. And give yourself the opportunity of, of bringing in a person who knows what they're talking about and can teach other people how to do it and has a track record of teaching other people how to do it. So if you're out there and you're listening and you're in Texas somewhere, California or Florida or New York, and you want to bring in a, a really good metaphysical Bible teacher, um, I don't have to tell you, you've heard the show, uh, contact the church and bring her in or, you know, or, or you know, or whatever else you're doing or insight or whatever, or to be mentored or whatever, because uh, a, a person who trains you well can cut your time your learning time down significantly. So anytime you study, study with somebody that knows what they're talking about. Study with an expert. Study with a master of the subject. And a master of the subject doesn't mean that they're the all in all. It just means that they have put the work in to be considered excellent in a particular field of study. But I'm looking at the clock and it says it's time for me to stop. So I want to thank you all again. Um, you know, next week we're going to uh, have another guest, uh, the Reverend Greg Stamper. So make sure you plug in. God bless you. I'll be with you next week. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.